Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start this video podcast, actually, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash tdf or by login arise with our friend at Zwift. Joining me in this special podcast, if you have the chance to watch it on video, big uh, shout out to you is Dave McKenzie. Dave, how are you? Well, I'm a little bit self-conscious for a start because firstly, we're sitting in the middle of a square in the village that we stayed in overnight. Incidentally, it is a beautiful village. Uh, it's like, you know, a thousand years old only. It's repose all day, rest day. So what happens on the rest day? We do our washing, right? I feel like I'm out of that scene in Pulp Fiction <laughs> and it was a slightly different scene uh, and they had no clothes for other reasons. But we, are, we were down to our last shirt yesterday. So today we've had to use some of the caravan shirts to do our washing. <laughs> to do the pot, I should say, because we've got our washing to do. It is a hive of activity, though, uh, so it, it's awesome. Yeah, so we are not wearing those shirts because we just want to wear those shirts. Uh, and as I guess it's for you to have the benefit to watch it on video. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't, of course, see it. But those are the freebies. And this is not a joke. We are down to the last shirt, the last stuff, the last freebies that we have. And why? is because this rest day happens a lot later than we normally do. I didn't pack for that much work in the first week. Well, it's, you, you time it, don't you? Right down to the fine wire. And that's exactly what we've done. So... But anyway, there's a lot to get through on this rest day. Yeah, kudos to me because I collected those shirts because it was a safety net. So kudos to me. I'm already super domestic of the day, aren't I? You can't, you can't self-kudos, mate. I've never heard of that, sorry. <laughs> but I will give you self-kudos. Otherwise, I was here shirtless and I wasn't too keen on that. Absolutely. So it's a rest day. Last year, we had a, a day in the laundry. Let's not go too much about this. But let's talk about what happened in the last uh, 10 days, 10 days for, for the first week. It's a long week, 10 days. And a lot has happened since Belgium. It seems that it was, I don't know, ages ago we were in Belgium. Yes, I think, I think, and I'd probably the same for our listeners. And if you're, you've been watching the coverage, it does. It, it's like a blur, isn't it? And that's exactly what it feels like for us. So, yeah, I think Belgium for me was just, and I think probably for all of us, but you, everyone knows I have a soft spot for Belgium. But the crowds were huge. The Eddie Merckx welcomed us. It wasn't just the Tour de France. It was Eddie Merckx that welcomed uh, the teams to Brussels, the team presentation, he was on stage, he got a huge cheer. I thought that was just kicked it off so well. And then stage one, with just hundreds of thousands of people lining the roads, and, you know, they use the Meur de Guamont and, of course, the Bosberg, which are two famous cobble climbs in the Tour of Flanders. It didn't, ha- it didn't change what was going to happen in the race, those two cobble climbs. It was more of a show, but it just made it look so good, you know. Um, and then a, a surprise stage one winner in Mike Turnison. Absolutely, and then we know we know that this we knew from the beginning. Sorry that the, this tour would be completely open. I mean, day ten, we'll talk about it. But uh, we had some really surprising stages. We had some surprising winner. One I wanted to mention first: Jumbo Visma. Jumbo Visma, four wins out of ten days. Forty percent of the wins are Jumbo Visma. 
Yes, I'm expecting not to see them on the start line uh, for stage 11. You know, they've packed up, gone home. <laughs> it's two are done. Yeah, two are done, two are happy. I mean, you know, mates, a lot of teams, quite a few teams will not win a stage, will not wear a leader's jersey, will not have a rider in the top 20, will not win a most combative award. You know, that's the reality. So to put it in context, what Yumba Visma have done, managed to do so far at the halfway mark, is phenomenal. And, you know, team's time trial. Mike Tunison, I mentioned, they won the first two stages, then Dylan Gronewagen. Uh, and then and then their fourth stage uh, was Wout Van Aert, yeah, but just before the rest day. Yes, I think it's actually almost underrated what they've been doing, you know. In an era where we had Sky, where we know that uh, ex-Sky Enos, they, they, I mean, because at the end of the day, they are still dominating. We we know that dominance is coming up. We'll talk about this in a second. But yeah, big kudos for, for Jumbo because they've done really well in, in a field that was completely open. Yes, and you know what? I will say I'm not surprised. And if you're thinking, oh, he's been saying that a bit, he picked this. But at the Criterium de Dauphiné, I was talking about... Uh, how strong a team Jumbo Visma and with Matt Keenan were and I mean it wasn't rocket science by the way you only had to look at the team it was announced that Wout van Aert would compete in the Tour de France just prior to the Dauphiné he then won two stages at the Dauphiné we knew about Stephen Kruisweik and the qualities that he has George Bennett the New Zealander same thing and the riders like Mike Tunison probably the surprise was Mike Tunison winning the first stage that was like wow but in terms of their team's time trial not and not overly surprised because they had such a solid squad. Um, we knew they were going to be good and, and there or thereabouts. And that when they got that first stage win, they just went on a roll, didn't they? So if we look at the, the route, uh, we know it's getting very complex from now on. We'll talk about the, the next stage tomorrow, which is maybe they have an opportunity tomorrow. But how complex this is becoming for them at the forefront of that race? Uh, for, for we, we'll see, yeah, we'll see, we'll see a lot of, less of them, I reckon. Yes, yeah, the right now now it completely changes because the general classification riders already, you know, they've been at the fore, but it's like they're hiding. They're just hiding behind that top layer of sprinters, of opportunists, but they're always there. Now they come to the fore, now they start to win stages. Um, you know, and then the question mark on, and you've asked me the question a couple of times, Julian Alaphilippe, how far can he go? I don't think too much further in the yellow jersey. I think he'll pick off another stage win though, so I think yeah, that's an interesting story to watch. But, yes, Yamba Visma, you know, they George Bennett, he lost, oh, gee, it was over two minutes, three minutes yesterday. Um, so he had, he had a bit of a disaster. And if I can just touch on that for a second, I thought it was bad management by Yamba Visma, bad management by George Bennett. He should never have gone back for bid-ons. And I, I said it last night at dinner, and this isn't so much a criticism of the team, maybe it is a little bit, but if he was Dutch and in fourth place on general classification, he would not have been going back for biddens. The team would not have let him, and he would not have done it. So the fact that he's a, a foreigner, in a, in a foreign rider in a Dutch team, or foreign rider in any team for that matter, and because he's a good guy, he said, I'll go back for biddens, I want to help. He should never have gone back, so I think they made a pretty big error there. Thank you because you gave me. Uh, you fill in one of my challenge. I wanted you to mention Alaphilippe before me. This time. <laughs> yeah, you, you're thinking well, people are going. To, you're going to start copying it uh, on social media, saying, "Come on, man, checklist French <laughs> checklist number one." Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, uh, let's talk about Alaphilippe <laughs> since you mentioned him. Yeah. Uh, surprising to see him in yellow on a race day. 
honoured. Well, probably if we'd said it at the start of the race, we would have thought, no, he, it will be a little bit of a surprise. But then again, we know his qualities. Look, he's, the season he's had, Milan San Remo, uh, Bianca, I think, amongst other, you know, big wins. I mean, he's a superstar. And probably the, probably the, the, the little surprise was La Planche de Berfi. That was the only stage. That was the only obstacle, really, for him, holding the yellow. And the fact is he lost it on La Planche de Balfier, but not to a super climber. He lost it to a good rider in Chicorne, but, you know, it was after that, which I thought he was exceptional. Was it the day after or two days two days after, I think, um, when he broke away with Thibaut Pinot, and he, he was the one who attacked. You know, and we saw drama with Geraint Thomas uh, crashing and, you know, it had a bit of everything, didn't it? So surprising, but in some ways not really. He was probably destined to be a long leader in the first half of the race. Okay, let's talk about the Aussies. Uh, a complex week for the Aussies. You know, we thought Caleb could win a stage by now. He has not yet happened, but it doesn't mean it won't happen. We still are all behind him for, for it to happen. Matthew said it from the start. He's frustrated. I think he's showing traits of being confused, simply confused in his head. That's not really clearing up. I mean, let's me stirring it a little bit. But uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't think he's clearing completely up in his mind. Where do you think the Aussies are? If we do, if we do a quick recap on the Aussies. Okay, what I will say from straight off the bat is if we, if we had to say right now who will, who's the best chance from Australian to win a stage, I'm going to stick with Caleb Ewan. He's, he's come the closest so far. Well, he has literally by about yeah. that much. So, and, and he's there. And he's, he's, I think, you know, on two occasions, I think he was in winning positions and he just jumped late. He waited. He paused too long. Is that experience? Well... It's experience in the moment of the Tour de France. It's not experience in bunch sprints because he's got a lot already. And as he has said, and he's right, they're not that different. But there is an element that is different, and it's the crowds, it's the, it's the euphoria of that is, you know, the, the, the Tour de France. So, yeah, I think there is a, just a touch of it. It's, it's the, the, you know, the nervous jitters in the last 500. He's waiting, he's waiting. And maybe if it wasn't the Tour de France, there's less to risk if you jump too early and it's too early and then you get beaten. Whereas here, he's waiting for that perfect moment. And I don't know if there ever is. There is, but he'll... So I just think he'll nail it. I really... I, and I think... I hope that he goes back and analyses two key stages, one of them being yesterday, uh, the other one where Dylan Gronewagen got him by an inch. If he reanalyzes those finishes and looks at it, I think he'll realize. I think he'll know how to how to get a stage win. How do you think he feels today in the team? Because his team actually had a quite good week. You know, they're wearing the Polkadot jersey. We're wearing that that color today. Uh, they've had a great week, uh, but yet again, they haven't had that win with him when they put so much energy behind him. Um, what does he think in his mind? Is it is that, is that could it be a little blockage mentally? That may, even a tiny milli, millisecond that gives him the fact that he's not jumping straight away? Is there any pressure from, from him, even put himself on in that team? Definitely a little bit from himself. Of course he would. It's, it's, it's a natural sort of reaction as, a, as an athlete, I think, and as a sprinter especially. Um, but I, don't, I think he's in a really good place, and I base that just on you know, most days I've spoken to him, certainly on the sprint stages I have. And uh, you know, yesterday I spoke to him literally as he came across the line and he was happy to talk and he was he just seemed you know when he when he possibly could have been I wouldn't have uh, 
uh, been surprised if he was punching the bars or pushing the camera away, you know, initial. And that's not Caleb, I'm talking just any sprinter when they're beaten. But he was actually quite calm and relaxed. And so I think he's in a really good place. I think the team are putting actually no pressure on him, which is good. I think they're saying to him, calm, calm, your time will come, don't worry. We keep trying, we keep backing you. We're not expecting you to suddenly win stage one. We're not expecting you to win three stages. Let's just nail one. So, look, that pressure will build ever so slightly the closer we get to Paris. But now the pressure for him is just to simply make it through the mountains. So that's his big challenge now. Yeah, so the pressure is to keep fit and be able to win that Paris stage, which means in between he's got a hell of a mountain to go through. He has, yeah. Thanks for reminding him. <laughs> He'll be saying. But no, it's true. It's true. And, and look, if you didn't listen to a pod yesterday, go and listen to it because there's an interview with Caleb. It's actually quite good because he, he's pretty upfront about what happened in the sprint as well. And then he talks about how he's feeling going into the rest day. So it's an interesting grab. But, uh, and, and from that, I think if you listen to it, you'll gather that he's in a pretty good place, I think. Do you know what's terrible? It's the smell of that saucisson behind. Oh, it's kidding me. How good is it? How good is it? I mean, I mean, I'll tell you what, my, my arteries and my liver have, have lasted this long. So I'm thinking, you know what, I might as well just play out through to the finish. You also have the, all the mountains to, uh, to go through. <laughs> Michael Matthews. Michael Matthews, what do we think of where is he now? Do you think he's thinking I should have had a couple of stages by now? Uh, he totally, he'd be, well, wishing and wishing that he did have a couple. Um... We saw him very frustrated at key points on that race. Well, he's had a couple of big chances, hasn't he? Um, look, I think, look, it's, it's quite funny because I think maybe uh, Caleb has had, has thrown away, not thrown away, I think Caleb's had better chances to win than Michael. I think on the flatter stages, Michael, he just isn't that dynamic sort of sprint like, like Caleb or like Grunewagen, you know, those sort of more pure sprinters. So I think Caleb has, in fact, probably lost a couple uh, where, it, where he maybe should have won rather than Michael. So, but the uphill ones that have suited Michael, he's failed in those as well. So he'll be frustrated, but he'll reboot. Michael's, you know, he's an experienced pro now, so he will reboot. And the rest day is probably actually really, is going to be really good for him, not from a, so much a physical standpoint, but I think a mental standpoint for Michael, it'll be good for him to just... You know, completely switch off, reset the dial, uh, and then, um, you know, push. And, and the fact is, there's a couple of days, uh, transitional days through the mountains, that might suit him. Michelton Scott, uh, what do we think about Michelton Scott? Where are they? Are? They're feeling pretty good at the minute, I reckon. Uh, Yates, Adam Yates is uh, pretty much up there. Uh, what's, the, what's the go for them? They're in a great place. They're in a great place. You know, they've... they've Look at look at Adam Yates. He's what five foot nothing, and you tell him that. Yeah, no, I won't do that. Mind you, you're five foot and a little bit. <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, just saying. Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. That's just rude. That's just rude. <laughs> and I've got a X a double XL. What you can see if you're watching is how much of an XL fits me and how much it fits you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what saucisson does to you. <laughs> so you're saying I'm not eating enough saucisson. Or, or maybe I'm eating too much saucisson. Yeah. <laughs> That's also that. <laughs> you said that. Okay, let's come on, back to the race. <laughs> no, so what I was saying about <laughs> I troubled you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exploded. That's it. We can't cope. He got through the crosswind 
because Mitchell Turn are so good at that stuff. And look at, you know, Richie missed it. Jakob Fulsang missed it. Tibor Pinor, who's been in sensational form, missed it. Adam Yates made that split. To me, he is now merging as not the dark horse, but the big challenger to Ineos and, I guess, Geraint Thomas, the defending champion. And uh, Himpi. Wearing that, uh, winning that stage. I mean, we saw him, you, like little moments that you guys don't catch probably, but we were recording the podcast and he walked in and he didn't want to be interviewed, but he came and shook her hand and he was that smile. I, I don't think I can wipe that smile off my, off my memory. That's, that's possibly one of the highlights, I guess, for us, isn't it? The fact that he, he was, he'd come out of, I think, the video interviews and he was walking through the compound and then I think heading to his van to, to head home with, with Taryn, the press officer for Mitchell and Scott. And the picture is we were sitting on the side of the pavement recording this spot in, amongst the cables and so on. And, yeah. and he made that step to come and shook your hand in my hand. And that was, that smile. Yeah, and, and it's off, everything's, everything's off camera. Yeah. So he was in his relaxed mode. And not that Daryl Impey isn't ever. What you see is what you get from him. So... You know, it was even better that it was him because he's such a gentleman, he's such a good guy, and he's been such a workhorse for that team. And everything Matt White said um, in the interviews that we've done with him is true. You know, he has been he's been involved in 95% of their victories, so he's an incredible asset to that team. So it couldn't be more deserving probably to someone to win a stage, and especially in the South African colours as well. Brilliant. And what about the spirit of family? They try to, to push a little bit, uh, Michel Scott, but that's ingrained in their DNA, I guess, uh, because you can see Simon helping Adam here, Adam helping Simon somewhere else. You know, it's, it's almost like a band of brothers. It's a good culture. It's a great culture. And, you know, I think it's, it's built from everyone within the team. And there's, you know, the, the management of that team hasn't really changed. The, the staff have changed over the years. It's a bit of a natural thing on any professional team. But what they've kept is that that solid core unit of Shane Bannon, Matt White, um, Matt Wilson, Julian Dean. Taryn has been there, the press officer, Taryn Kirby, has been there quite a few years now. Um, and, and actually, if you want to find out a bit more about Taryn, we did a great uh, tour extra. Check out the Cycling Central website. It's just a shameless plug, but this, the comments we got on that, on that feature is great. People say it's lovely, but at least we understand how it works behind the scene from a, from a media point of view. And it's, I mean, this, she is the forefront. She is the person we are dealing with every day. She, Taryn's pretty tough, yeah. And she's a She's a bloody natural on camera too. No, she she's awesome, and um, you know, and, and she would agree, no doubt. She has improved, I think, in her role massively. You know, because she started, I think, as an assistant, but now she oversees the whole um, uh, media for that squad, and it's a big job. You know, you've got okay, you've got thirty odd riders or thereabouts. You've got thirty odd staff, yeah. so she's sort of responsible for the look and feel of the whole team not mainly the riders but the whole team you know when the directors when the uh, uh, management is interviewed as well um, she oversees all of that so she's got to sort of have her eyes and ears on everything absolutely okay we've got to talk about uh, Ineos Ineos uh, I was going to say almost business as usual I mean they are such a well-oiled machine, such a great professional team. Uh, of course, we would like to see other teams come and compete. But at the end of the day, today, who is sitting pretty and just standing by to just seize that yellow jersey and seize that commanding control when they decide they do, it's Ineos. It's Ineos and it's Garen Thomas. Um, they haven't had all good luck, though. 
beat and again. No, but, but it's the way they managed it. It's, it's the way they managed the downturn compared to any other team. Absolutely. And just again, on social media, if you haven't seen it, there's a post. It's, it's, it's on a random different sites. But there's a photo. Someone was on the corner where Geraint Thomas crashed and Johnny Moscon's bike completely split in half. There's a photo of Thomas yeah. literally mid-flight in the air going over the bike, going over his handlebars. And that, that shows how heavy was the fall and how huge was the almost the mistake and what happened to them. He was so lucky not to break his collarbone or break anything on his body. And when I interviewed him, when we interviewed him at the finish, all he had off, all that I could see was a few scratches on his arms. So it's like he's hit the deck and rolled. It was crazy. And that was Are they learning to fall? Who, who knows? No. I'm, I've, I've heard rumors. I'm being serious. I've heard all sorts of stuff. So Is that 1%, that 1% in the falling, they're learning how to fall? I don't know. They're, they're managing the 1%. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So no surprises that they're performing at that level. Even though if you look at the GC, they're not at the they're second and third. They're not yet in yellow, but they're just sitting here pretty to go and capture that yellow whenever they decide, they decide what they do. And let's not forget, Egan Bernal is still in the mix because the only... Oh, he's third. He's not even in the mix. He's third. Yeah. So he's, the only time he's lost was that little bit of time on La Planche de Berfi. So he's in a great position. Absolutely. Your highlights and your lowlight of this week before we go and uh, look at uh, the profile of, uh, of the next few days. Ooh, gee, that's, that's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, I think Daryl Impey has to be one of them for me just because I, I, I think he's a great guy and he, his victory was, you know, was fantastic. It was an opportunist move. Um, another one I think has to be La Planche de Béfi, that last kilometre stretch and, and a, you know, I mentioned a Dylan Toynes for winning the stage, I thought that was brilliant as well, but that day was just fantastic you know, it's just, it was on and the last kilometre really made, made the race. And what's about your, your low light? A low light um, I'm not sure about the low light um, As we have uh, Michael Tomolaris coming in, just dropping in, he's, uh, he's washing for us uh, a bit later on. Well, the reason why I've come in, Michael, is because you've got the car key and we've got to go to a press conference uh, for Trek, Segafredo, Richie Port. Can I have the car keys, please, mate? Uh, you can have my room key. No, I need the car key. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the car key. We're going to be late for this press conference. Yeah, okay, well... Um, so, second floor, second floor, in the room. <laughs> there you go. You drop uh, your washing, yeah. second floor, in room the room. Room 29, mate. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big room, by the way. He's got the palace room. Can we, can we cut? <laughs> no. no, 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 no. That's okay. We carry on. We carry on. Uh, so, no, no. He, he can pick up. He can pick up the car key. You know, he's uh, he's the king. But keen enough to work a little bit. I wonder why he was hovering around. I'm like, he wants a cameo appearance. He wasn't. He was just after the car keys. <laughs> You're all late. Except this. <laughs> um, uh, look, I don't know if there's been. Look, if I'll be really, it's a, being a, probably a little bit negative, and I'll be really. But, no, let's be truthful. Be We've always wanted to be truthful in this podcast. We're not here to, you know, beat around what, the truth. Uh, what's your low light? If it's if it if it is something controversial, let's let it be. Richie Port losing time in the crosswind. No, I was I was I was flat yesterday because I think we all just want to see him. We want to see him firstly get through the race after having crashing out two years in a row when I thought he was a big big chance. Um, so. I was just, I was, I was a little bit angry too. You know, you get frustrated. I guess it's the former rider in me that says, how did you miss the split? But it's so easy to be sitting on the other side of the fence, uh, <laughs> you know, and just watching it on a screen thinking it's easy. It's not easy. 
and I guess in in reflection, you know, it just happened. It, it it's and he wasn't the only GC rider to miss the split. And he, in his words, he said he was the last guy not to get across. It was just a power thing. So I was disappointed. Um, I feel like the yellow for him is out of reach now. Um, so stranger things have happened in the Tour de France, though. But I think the podium is still within his grasp. OK. Do you want to guess my highlight and my low light? Yeah, um, I, I know, your, I know your, your highlight. It's, uh, it's Alaphilippe. Julian Alaphilippe getting back the yellow jersey and proving to me that you were right. Oh, there we go. He got the car. Got, got a Gakis? Yeah. Okay. There's things in your room, uh, people in the uh, park. <laughs> General public wouldn't. Okay. Okay. That's okay. why you were stressing out and starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> Safe. <Okay. laughs> Don't worry. I've got plenty on him as well. <laughs> yeah, okay. My highlight and my low light, easy. Low light, Alaphilippe losing the jersey. Highlight, Alaphilippe getting the jersey back. End of story. Probably, and, and I guess as a side thing, Alaphilippe's stage win into Epinay yeah. was, that was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Solo victory. He attacked away from everyone and took the jersey. That was brilliant. What I like, and then we move on to the, to the next stage, but uh, what I like about what Alaphilippe is doing at the minute, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I know I'm right, so don't worry, <laughs> but it's the, it's the panache. There is another word. It's, I think it's super panache. <laughs> it's like, you know, we had, a, we had a super over in the cricket. We had a super tiebreak in the tennis Cycling has super panache. Yeah. <laughs> okay, before we go into describing this next stage, I want to invite uh, on our show the uh, owner. Come, come around yeah. just here. Uh, the the nice owner of the you. hotel. <laughs> nice to meet you. Uh, the owner of our hotel. Uh, and I think you were just blown away by the, the ancient site of here. Yes, I came in. We met you last night. And you came out and you were asking us where we're from. And then we said, wow, this is beautiful. And you said, yeah, it's very old. Tell us, tell us about the history of this village. Here we are in the city centre, and the square is from the 12th and 14th century. It used to be the Catholics and the Albigian War. In the, in the past, you remember, during five centuries, they used to have the war, once against the other. And this is the place where it took place in the past. And so what, how did you end up here? Good quality of life, sun, good way of life, very cool, no stress. And look, amazing place. It is, it is amazing. It is, thank you for having us yeah, here. Yeah, thank you for being Hope to see you next to the Cross. Yes, well, we're, 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 we're having dinner here tonight, so ah, yeah. maybe we'll have a sherry to finish okay. off the night. <laughs> thank you. Thank Wish you. you a nice day. Thank you. This is France, after all, you know. Uh, <laughs> this is our people. Uh, 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 I love it. I love it. I love it. Just a sec. <laughs> um, let's talk about this, uh, this profile here. Uh, the next few days, surprisingly... There's a day for the sprinters tomorrow, straight up the race day. Yes, who would have thought that? It's, this is, we've been saying last chance, last chance. Yeah. This actually is the last chance for quite some time. 167 kilometres to one of my former hometowns, actually, Toulouse. Uh, I spent a season living there, in fact. I'm going to say, where haven't you lived in Europe? Because yeah. it looks like Ghent. You know, you, you, you take the mickey out of me about my best mates. This is all <laughs> the places you allegedly lived. <laughs> it is true. I gypsied my way around Europe, my friend. Now, Toulouse, well, it's one of the largest cities in France. I think it's the fourth or fifth uh, largest city. Many stage finishes there, few stage starts as well. And it is... It's not the gateway to the Pyrenees, but it's the last big stop before the Pyrenees. So this is a last chance for the sprinters. So realistically, Caleb Ewan, 
Michael Matthews, the Australians in particular, and then guys like Sonny Colbrelli, who haven't won a stage as well, you know, this is for them, this is it. Someone that is GC contender, would they look at this stage as a, it's just a, a nice way to warm up the legs before the Pyrenees? They're not going for the win tomorrow. No, I don't. No, no, totally not going for the win. And totally, I don't think we'll see what we saw before the rest day with the crosswinds. But it'll just make them a little bit edgy, a little bit nervous. Because if we do have wind blow up like we did two days ago, you could see something happen. I really don't think so. But again, there's that seed of doubt in the head, in the minds of some yeah. of the general classification riders. So someone like Richie, someone like uh, Thibaut Pino, could they be planning something tomorrow in order to recoup what they've lost in a similar kind of stage like yesterday? Probably not, because the, the, the course profile doesn't lend itself to that. Should they? No, probably not. The only, the only way is if it's windy. That's the only way they should. Um, but I don't know, I don't... I think now they've got to reset. Their time is lost. Forget about it and think and start thinking about the mountains. Absolutely. We are also thinking about the mountains. So I think... Well, uh, we, we really are thinking about the mountains because we've got the polka dot jerseys on. <laughs> and also what you don't see is this T-shirt is 100% acrylic. So I think it's about time we finish this podcast. <laughs> yes. We're starting to get some funny looks around some of the stalls. They're like, come on. Wrap it up, wrap it up. Okay, thank you, Maka, for uh, this wonderful week, actually. It's wonderful 10 days. Uh, the podcast has been going awesomely, uh, and I hope you still enjoy it. Uh, we, are, we are having an absolute ball, but it is time to go and do the washing, so let's go, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, let me remind you that you can, uh, re- you can download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf. Yes, I'm doing this live every day. I've been asked if it's a recorded part or not. It is not. I'm doing it every time. And you can also log a ride with our friends at, li- at Zwift. Uh, until the next time, next podcast, which will be tomorrow, it's Bye for now. A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it. Your cycling buddies probably use it. And the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.